Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. It's Tuesday, June 1st, 2021. Growing up, I was pretty good at taking tests. You know, exams in school or some of the standardized tests uh, you had to take, uh, those came easier to me than to some. But one of the most intense tests I have ever taken in my life that actually had me kind of sweating a little bit was my driver's test when I moved to Idaho. You know, at that point in my life, it had been a long time since I had to, had to take any kind of test to get a, a driver's license or something like that. So I wasn't exactly fresh on all of my rules of the road. And also the way the test was done, it was done through a computer and you knew how many misses you could get. Um, and so kind of with each question you missed, you know, there was even that number on the screen. And so you could feel like the tension uh, mounting and the pressure rising. And even you could save questions till the end that you weren't sure about. And so I was getting back to those questions. And I was like, yikes, I'm, yikes, I'm going to have to get some of these questions right to make sure that I can get my license here. And thankfully I did it and I passed, but it's a tough test because there's a lot of different rules to the road. I, I didn't remember what exactly the speed limit was in a town if you didn't find something posted. I didn't remember that rule. And I certainly wasn't up uh, to the latest you know, rules when it came to what do you do when livestock come across the highway. You know, all these things, there's a lot of different rules and it can be tough to keep track of. Well, when we think about the Bible, there are certainly many, many commandments, but there are some places where Jesus simplifies things a bit and makes clear some specific priorities that he has as we come to uh, proclaiming and seeking to obey the word of God. And so we're going to look at Mark chapter 12, verses 28 through 34 today. And here a scribe comes up and he asks a question of Jesus, and he asks, what commandment is the most important of all? Now, according to Hebrew tradition, there were 613 commandments, and you know they would debate about those things, and he wants to know, hey, what's most important? And Jesus responds in verse 29, Jesus answered, the most important is, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. So he sums it up really with two commandments. Love God with everything you've got and love your neighbor as yourself. And certainly as we think about living the Christian life, we need to see those are two commands that really help summarize all the other commands in the Bible. And that's where we need to see while that might simplify things for us, it does not make it easy because these commands that Jesus gives are very serious and truly very difficult. To love the Lord our God with everything, all our heart, all our soul, all our mind, all our strength, and then to love our neighbor as ourself. And I want us to be challenged by these things today. And obviously there needs to be some level of conviction as we look at that and realize uh, this is how we have failed. 
right? You hear some people using the Ten Commandments in evangelism and trying to walk people through and ask, well, how many of them do you think you can break and go to heaven? And have you ever broken any of the commandments? And even pointing out how Jesus says, if you look with lust at a woman, you've broken the commandment. Or if you hate someone, you've broken the commandment. Personally, I often like to go to the greatest commandment in evangelism. And when people try to give a a sense of, well, I'm not a good I'm not a bad person. I'm pretty good to try to bring them back to, well, Jesus says that the thing he cares about the most, the greatest commandment is that you love the Lord, your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Are you doing that? And that's where most people, uh, you know, not really. Right. And that's where it should challenge us. And that's where we need to look to God in repentance and faith and admit, God, I haven't loved you. And I think that's part of getting saved is really admitting, no, we failed at these two commandments and we need a savior. But I don't think that's the only application that we should think about or draw from this. If you are saved and the Holy Spirit is at work in your life, then I do think we should look at these and say, hey, this is actually a good summary of how God wants me to live. God wants me to love him with everything I've got, and he wants me to love my neighbor as myself. And that's something the Apostle Paul gets to later, even in the book of Romans, he starts talking about, hey, the whole law can be fulfilled in one word, love your neighbor as yourself. If you're really loving your neighbor, are you going to commit adultery? If you're really loving your neighbor, are you going to steal or commit murder? No, you're going to keep those other commandments, really, if you are uh, keeping these two. So I want us to be challenged by these today. And I want you to think about your own life. Is the love of God really what rises above everything else in your life? Is your life at least moving in the direction of loving God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all of your strength? Or is there really something else that's the object of the best part of you? Or is that devoted truly to God? And just think about how you're going to live your life today. And then ask yourself, who, as far as kind of a personal level, who's at the center of my life? Is it me? Is my life all about me? Or is my life really about loving others and serving others? These are words that should challenge us today. And obviously, we're thankful for our Savior who's lived these perfectly. And it's his righteousness that gives us hope for forgiveness in heaven. And it's also the power of his spirit working in us that even gives us hope to begin to obey these commands. But I do think we want to look at these and seek to live them out today. And obviously, Jesus tells the man, hey, you are not far from the kingdom of God. It seems that he maybe had missed that hey, he needed forgiveness for how he'd broken these commands or specifically placing his trust in Jesus. But hopefully we understand that and now through the power of his spirit can grow in actually obeying these commands. We see one way of how this should play out in our lives, and even that idea of loving your neighbor as yourself, as we move on now to 1 Corinthians chapter 14, where today we're going to look at verses 1 through 12. And this chapter is going to talk a lot about the gifts of prophecy and the gift of tongues. And one thing I want us to notice just in the reading today is how they were misusing and misunderstanding spiritual gifts. And Paul talks about the gift of tongues, and one thing he's going to hint on is this is worthless if there's no one to interpret. If we can't understand what you're saying, who is being built up but you? 
And he kind of gives some corrective that that's not the right way to think of spiritual gifts. If the spiritual gift only blesses you, that's not how you should think about it. And that's one of the reasons, among others, why even I think as we understand tongues, I don't think this is talking as some teach today about a private personal prayer language or something like that. I I think tongues, as we see them in scripture, were, were people speaking real languages that they had never studied before. It was a miraculous sign gift. Uh, But I think he's correcting, hey, this is not about you. And some of you, you think you feel so special when you speak in tongues, but how is that even benefiting anybody if they can't understand what you're saying? And, And that kind of brings us back to chapter 12, where it reminds us we've all been given a gift, a manifestation of the spirit for the common good. The point of spiritual gifts is to serve other people. And that's maybe a good thing for you to think about. Today, as you think about spiritual gifts, the gift of tongues might be not at the top of the questions you're asking about your own personal life and your local church, but even as you think about where do I fit in my local church, remind yourself that, hey, it's not about me and it's not about where I find fulfillment in using my gift. It's really about serving others for the common good. So the issue might look a little different in our hearts or in our churches, but That overall principle of starting to think selfishly about spiritual gifts applies today. And we want to make sure, no, my gifts, my activities, my service, it's all about serving the body of Christ and loving others. Thinking of others is more important than myself. And remember what chapter we just read? Yeah, that's right. First Corinthians 13. There's a reason why this chapter about that chapter about love is right in the middle of chapters 12 and 14. And we would do well to to heed the warning and to check our own hearts to make sure that we're being motivated by love. Well, let's go back to the Old Testament now and go to Psalm 68, verses 12 through 27. And this is a psalm celebrating the deliverance of God. And I love the first two verses in our reading today. Let me read those. It says, Blessed be the Lord who daily bears us up. God is our salvation. Our God is a God of salvation, and to the Lord, or to God, the Lord, belong deliverances from death. I love this passage so much, and I love how it says, Our God is a God of salvation. That salvation is not just something that God does, it's really who He is. That He is a Savior by nature, He is a deliverer. And I think that should be encouraging to us to know that this is the kind of God that we are serving. And I've just been struck personally thinking through some things along this line over the past few days that one thing as we think about this, it should fill us with incredible gratitude about the past. I want you to think back at your life and think about how God has daily borne you up, right? How God has been the one every single day to give you the strength that you need, that you have lived out the reality that his grace is sufficient. And we should look back with incredible gratitude as we think about that, giving ourselves less credit and giving God more credit. But also we should think to ourselves about the future, that this idea that God is a God who saves and that he delivers from death, it should not just fill us with gratitude about the past, it should fill us with confidence toward the future. That the God who has borne us up every single day of our lives up until now is the same God that will bear us up every day of our lives until we are safely home with him. 
And I hope that's an encouraging thing. And we're going to see this played out. This is a Psalm of David. We're going to see God's deliverance at work in the life of David as we continue with really the story of David and Absalom, as we look at 2 Samuel chapters 15 and 16. And just a couple things to note, right? We see Absalom scheming and making himself look good and being a smooth talker to all the people while plotting this revolt against David. But just a couple things to to note. I loved the example of this man named Ittai, the Gittite, and how David says, hey, you don't need to come with me and kind of gives him an out. And this guy says, no, I'm coming with you. And just the loyalty that he shows to King David. And I hope that we, to the right people, express that kind of, uh, really, of loyalty. That when the tough gets going for people that we love, we say, hey, I'm, I'm going with you. And I'm in this with you. I hope that is how we, we think. And also, just as we look at this and see some of the very various characters, there's that story in chapter 16 of Shimei and how he comes and curses David. And Abishai, you know, he says, hey, let me go cut this guy's head off. So he stops yakking at you, king. And David just responds very calmly. And even eventually he says, hey, if God can take care of this person and God can vindicate me. And David kind of keeps his peace and keeps his silence in the face of all this. And I think there's something to be learned there, that there are some times in life when we would be better served just keeping our cool and keeping our silence and let God deal with people who are saying stupid things, right? Because that's something you're going to experience. Somebody's going to say a stupid thing about you or to you. And sometimes you're going to respond like Abishai and want to say, hey, mm, oh, I'm going to just get this person, well, that's where I you know we should slow down a little bit and just consider sometimes it's better to keep our peace and let God deal with the situation. And we're going to see as we continue reading how God ultimately provides the deliverance in this story. And so as we start or continue this new week here on this Tuesday, let's search our own hearts and ask God to help us to love him today with everything that we've got and to love our neighbor as ourselves. Thanks for digging into God's Word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out RevivalFromTheBible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to CompassBible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.